Spooky, Scary, Skeptical contains explicit content and topics that some listeners may find distressing. Listener discretion is advised. Hey everyone! I'm Emily. I'm Libby. And I'm Ken. And this is... Spooky. Scary. Skeptical. We are doing another Appalachian Trail series today. Oh, I'm so excited. Yay. Ooh. Yes, we're going to. Oh, I know what this one is. Yes. This is the Winnedago. <laughs> Winnedago. <laughs> the Windigo. Windigo, I know. We'll be talked about in this episode. Yes, you're right. But yes, it's a surprise episode because I know I told everyone we're going to do it every other week. But we're going to do two in a row. I will not place blame on anyone. No, no. It was I was about to say, I couldn't, I couldn't hold off and wait for the. Oh, oh. You can't leave a, on a cliffhanger like yeah. that. Agreed. Yeah, that's why we're doing it. Not because Emily right. didn't get her story done. Prepared. <laughs> that's me. Well, how are you guys doing? Pretty good. Can't, uh, don't have much to, to say. Had the best golf round of my life. Yes, you yesterday. Oh, yeah. did. And we and weren't no there one, for it. But no one was around to witness it. So. But it's documented. Does it? Well, like well or it's all it. a, or it's all a lie, it's all and a you're lie. like, I I'm really like, had the I best round. Wink, to go without Libby more often. Yeah, that's what I literally. You texted me. And you're like, oh my god, you have to check my score. Blah blah blah. So Emily and him like have the app where they can check each other's scores. So Emily looks it up. She's like, oh my god, he did amazing. Whatever. And I was like, Ken, does this mean that you're like not gonna let me or Emily come golfing with you anymore? Because maybe it's me talking during your backswing or something. Like I'm always like, and you're like, oh my god, I actually got to do. What I'm supposed to do on a golf course when you're not there. I really hope that that is a one-time thing and not because of me. Are you going to let me still come? We'll see. We'll have to do yeah. some more blind tests. <laughs> yeah, I understand. I just hate it. You know what I mean? <laughs> I really like golfing, quote-unquote. I like, like reading in the outdoors. Exactly. I love getting chauffeured around in a little mm. cart and reading. Like That is the best time for me. So I just I really enjoy it. How are you? I'm pretty good. We had a great time yesterday. So the reason that Emily and I were not golfing with Ken was because we went on a little girls trip and went shopping and did all sorts of fun stuff. So that was really fun. Had a good time. Would have been nice to be invited to that. Don't even. We invited you. (laughs) Don't believe him. You got to stop saying stuff like that. People are going to think we're cruel. We invited him many times. Yes. (laughs) We even invited you to come with us and we drop you at a nicer golf course. Hey, the one we went to, I went to, is very nice. Is it? I mean, it's a golf course. <laughs> yes. It's nice because you got a great score. Yes. <laughs> you sent us the text about your golf, looked at your score, and we were just getting out of the car at Half Price Books, and I was like, oh my God, I'm so jealous Ken is golfing. And I was like, I mean, I'm really happy to be here with you guys, too. <laughs> <laughs> and we were walking to Half Price Books, which means, you know, me, I'm going in blind. I was like, I don't even, I don't even recall you telling me about his score until... Well, you, you kind of black out. And there's like a. Moment. I do. I Your do. Yes. Over. Yeah. I found a lot of really great books though for the pod too. I'm so excited. I know I always say that, but I really had a great time. Um, you did. So did the others that went with us. Yes. Too. Yeah. The other yeah. ladies. Yeah. Also, I've been reading a really good book, and I'm not going to spoil it because we're going to talk about it on the pod in October, and it'll be my team scary episode in October. But the book is amazing, so I'm really, 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 really pumped for that. Can you give like a like a small hint so that people can try and figure it out? 
Uh, like a very tiny, like, clever hint. It's a true crime book, and I'm doing it in October for a reason. How's that for a hint? Okay. And then in September, of course, I'm prepping that as well for my Team Scary. Oh. Currently, and my hint for that one, I will drop a little hint. One of our listeners suggested this back in the day as one that they can't stop thinking about. So that's my hint. Feet fondler. No, it's not the feet popular. <laughs> Though that would be a really fun topic. Um, so yes, so that was that's kind of what's been up with me. It's been exciting. So one of the things we need to discuss is I was listening to a podcast recently, and they discussed the act that I was trying to think of in research during the ice cream wars episode. Do you remember one where I was like, no, there's something where they like can do double je- jeopardy in Scotland or something, whatever. Do you know what I'm talking about? I do. I do remember. Yes. That. It is called the 2011 Double Jeopardy Act in Scotland. So that literally exists. What Just a name. So clear. Yes. Pretty basic. It happened in 2011. <laughs> Pretty basic. Yep. They call it what it is. Cool. Glad you found it. Thanks. I really just needed to validate I mean, I myself believed you. a little bit. We believed you. Huh? Sure. And then we also need to welcome two new patrons. And congratulate another one of our patrons. Thank you, Susan, for moving up a tier. You are now part of the Naughty Nessies. She has moved up from the Floating Yetis. But we got two new patrons as well. So shout out. Thank you, thank you, thank you to Kevin. And thank you, thank you, thank you to John. Yay! Yay! I'm so excited. Thank you, Kevin and John and, and Susan. Yes. So they are all part of the Naughty Nessies now. But remember, too, you guys can join. At, we start at like $2 a month. We know that, you know, it's hard with all the subscriptions that think get pricey. But hopefully $2 a month isn't too crazy. And we do mini-sodes for those folks. And you can do $5 a month or $6 a month. And that's really fun. Our $2 a month package, though, has the, has the mini-sodes, which is really fun. So that's mm. just us kind of talking about all sorts of things. All, it's a very relaxed episode. And in September, we're to- totally going to be watching a bunch of scary movies. And you guys can hear what we had to say about those. So, you know, you guys can definitely join our Patreon. And that is like a website that's separate from where you guys typically eat your podcast. If you go to patreon.com and look us up, we're there. There's also an app, too. That's how, like, most people listen to our episodes, I believe. So that's also super exciting. So we have links of that in our Instagram and pretty much anywhere. If you type us in, Patreon will be there. Cool. Awesome. Love it. You're crushing it. Emily betrayed Ken recently and went to White Castle. I did. I forgot about I had just forgotten about it. Oh, reopening the wound. Yeah. So what did you get? Just the sliders. The usual. Yeah. Nothing sliders, too crazy. The crinkle cut French fries. Cherry Coke. You didn't get. I got a Diet Dr. Pepper. It was really good. Mm. My friend who went with us got, what was it? Caramel butter, the impossible. butter cake. Like Sunday, it was a caramel, yeah, caramel butter cake. I took a bite. Parfait, amazing! It was so good. A parfait. White Castle has parfaits. Yeah, they also had an Oreo cookie one. It's like that big. It was like chocolate Oreo crumbs, chocolate Oreo crumbs. You would like. I looked at it and I was like, "That." Do I trust a White Castle parfait? I don't know. Your friend liked it. One of the girls liked it. You, I I would expect the employees to call it a parfait. Parfait. He parfait. well, you said you're like I'd like the shake or whatever. Like, I do you mean the parfait? Par- 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 do you mean the parfait? And she's like, yeah, yeah, it was really. But good. the Oreo one, I looked at, it, I was like, oh, Ken would like that. And then we went to Duncan. 
for you, which was a bummer. That but they also sound, had that doesn't sound right. <laughs> <laughs> but they had a Baskin Robbins attached, and we got milkshakes. The milkshakes mm. were so good. Those were good. Have you eaten anything recently that was? No, I didn't eat yesterday. No, that's not true. Did you not eat? I just had the two sliders that I warmed up when you guys got. You didn't eat it all yesterday, Ken. Stop. Why would you believe him? I was watching his face. I was like, he's going to Because he through. wasn't breaking. And I was like, oh, he'll smile if it's not true. Ken loves to say that I, shit to I, me. I heated up leftover Olive Garden. Okay, so you did not suffer. That's good. <laughs> I love when you say that. And then when you're like, oh, like every, you turn to me and do this all the time. You're like, Libby, he hasn't eaten. And I'm like, bitch, he's a grown ass fucking adult. He can go cook his own food. I know. I just worry. It's not my it's responsibility to feed him. But if you hadn't eaten, I would do the same kid thing to Ken. I'd be like, oh, Ken? I don't know. No, we wouldn't. Or if neither of you had eaten, I'd turn to our producer and say, Maisie. Producer. Maisie. <laughs> oh, sorry. Maisie just woke up from her nap. Sorry, sis. Sorry. She really sleeps on the job a lot. Yeah. <laughs> sorry, but we can't fire her. She she sponsors us, so. Unfireable. You're supposed to silence your phone at work, folks. <laughs> That was me. That was on me. It's all CBS Sports because preseason just started. Yeah, the Chiefs lost in embarrassing fashion. I saw that, but it's preseason, so who cares? It is, but still, it was really, really Who really did they bad. play? The Saints. I thought it was close, wasn't it? it was, well, they had the ball. They were up 24-23, less than a minute left. That was the asleep. Saints had no timeouts, and we, threw, we ran a pass play through an interception and just set up the game-winning field goal for the Saints. Mm. Instead of just running the ball and punting it if you needed to. Gotcha. So, pretty stupid. Well, it's preseason. So. I was sleeping. You were sleeping. Yeah. You were so mad the first time I woke you up. I don't think I was mad. You were very grumpy. And I was like, I'm going to let you sleep for 45 more minutes. <laughs> oh, our other producer just showed up and he is lurking in the hallway staring at us. Probably Sorry, your sir. phone go off. Oh. Yep, there you go. <laughs> oh, he's sassy too. <laughs> Sorry, sir. We'll keep it down. Yes. So that's kind of been what our weekend's been up to. It's been kind of crazy, but it's been fast. It's been so fast. And we are like recovering. I feel it's been nice to just kind of relax again. Yes. So. so that being said, I think I really want to jump into Appalachian Trail Part 5. Like you said, there was a little bit of a cliffhanger last week. So we're going to finish up discussing a few things. Um, There's still going to be seven episodes as far as I know according to my research. So we're going to discuss a couple different topics today. They're not super long, but I do have three main things I want to discuss with you guys about the Appalachian Trail. As per the usual, we are totally going to just recap what the Appalachian Trail is in the Appalachian Mountains. Of course, it is uh, part of the National Park System. It was completed in 1937. It's one of the longest hiking-only footpaths in the world, and it touches a total of 14 states. As you guys have probably... 14 states? Next, you're going to tell me it reaches into Canada. There's an international trail. (laughs) I know that you guys always say Appalachian Trail. It's really more Appalachian region. That this happens but so there's lots of animals and not that you can see in the region i know that we have discussed those already so if you guys haven't listened to parts one two three four you can go back and listen to all of those i do have the same intro pretty much for all of them one definitely has the most though i've been slowly slowly cutting out more and more pieces do you have a favorite um one you've covered yet 
Can I tell you at the end of our series? Yes. I'll okay, let's save end. it for the end. But then, one of the things that I've mentioned in previous episodes, but not all of the episodes, I want to reiterate. I listened to a girl, like, on TikTok, and she had this theory about the Appalachian area and how, basically, like, before Pangea and all this, like, before all of our continents were one, like, the Appalachian Trail has been above water and has been a point for life. And her theory, basically, is that there are things in the Appalachian region who perhaps never left or are still are still there. And that might be an explanation for why the Appalachian region is so mysterious and so strange. And so, those things that are there, that's true. They outlive the dinosaurs. Pretty true. Cool. Or maybe they've developed different... Like, who knows? And doesn't believe that. But. So whatever killed the entirety of the dinosaur population on the land this little stretch of the appalachians was just completely unaffected by it no yeah (laughs) no all right i'm just saying it's a very mysterious place and it's strange that like a lot of the stuff that is reported there isn't necessarily reported elsewhere however i say that knowing that there is a section that we're going to be discussing beyond the appalachians today as well as the appalachians and that includes our topic on the, the Winnebago. Wendigo. The Wendigo. <laughs> Winnebago. The Wendigo. So the Wendigo is a mythological creature or an evil spirit that originated in folklore of the Plains, Great Lakes natives, and Algonquin speaking First Nations people. Mm. So Oh my god. I just had a realization. Yesterday, when we were all shopping, I saw a road, and it was called the Algonquin Road, and I was like, how do I know that? Like, what is that? I was like, that's something. I was like, I swear I've talked about that on the pod. Like, why is this not clicking with me? I hadn't talked about it on the pod yet. It's happening now. That's where it was. Is it the Algonquin, or is it... Algonquin. What did I say? Algonquin? I'm so sorry. Algonquin. No, okay. I just Sometimes I guess talking, you I just mispronouncing. Yes, so it's the Algonquin speaking First Nations people um, who also believe in this. The legends cover territories all over the eastern U.S. and Canada and up into the Great Lakes region, but it has become a staple of the Appalachian lore as well. The Wendigo is a malevolent creature with sometimes human-like characteristics and has the ability to possess humans and make them cannibals. Ew. Can- Whoa, <laughs> I knew I was going to love this episode. You love cannibalism. You do. Disclaimer. Don't love listen cannibalism. To, <laughs> disclaimer. Listen to our other episodes if you want to know why we say that all the time. I why? accidentally said it once. And you're so into it. And then I said... And well, now we're like, we lo- you love cannibalism. It's diet love, right? Isn't that where it all... Diet love, I think, is where it diet started. Love. Yes. So they can make humans cannibals. Said to be 15 feet tall, with a body that is thin and with skin pulled so tight that its bones are visible... The Wendigo's skull and skeleton push through its mummy-like skin. Can I ask a question? Sure. You said they make humans cannibals. How are they doing that? They can possess humans and make them cannibals. Oh, possess. Jim, what are you doing gnawing on Bob's arm? Oh, no, no. It was just uh, a 15-foot tall monster came by and and made me do it, I swear. (laughs) That would hold up in court. (laughs) So, I mean... I should say a lot of these creatures that are discussed, that we discuss in this series, have a lot of different stories behind them that become kind of morals of stories. So a lot of these stories really may have started with 
ways of teaching children, you know, like Hansel and Gretel, right? We listened to that when we were growing up. It teaches you, you know, don't talk to strangers, don't walk in the woods alone, don't fucking, you know. Is that what it's supposed to teach you? I think so. I always wanted to just stumble across a candy house. You and me both. Candy Mountain, um, Charlie. <laughs> <laughs> so, you what know, is the moral of this story? Don't eat humans. Yeah. People during times of like starvation and stuff. So people really go into the analytics on, especially on the internet, of course, as people have a lot of time on their hands of each of, of like the different creatures we discuss in this series. But I like to discuss what the creatures are and how they affect people today. Because this is a very common thing in the in lore in the Appalachian. So that's my disclaimer. In addition to way, the way it looks, it also is said to have sunken or glowing eyes, as well as sharp yellow fangs and claws. Well, Wendigos are believed to have sharp eyesight, hearing, and sense of smell, as well as superior strength and speed in order to stalk and overpower its victims. So if I meet one, I'm probably not going to live. No, probably not. Okay. Good to know. They <laughs> Jot are... that down. <laughs> Write that down. They are also said to have the ability to move at the speed of the wind and can walk across deep snow or even water without sinking. No. So does speed of wind mean they can just move as quickly as the wind is currently moving? <laughs> I believe like, just, Oh, it's a calm just, day out. No, I'm I not too worried about the wind to go out there. They really, really, really fast. Oh, okay. Yeah. It is a spirit of greed, gluttony, and insatiable hunger, and invokes these feelings in others, as well as invoking the feelings of cannibalizing other humans. Some Hollywood depictions show that the animal as a human-slash-beast hybrid, even depicting horns or antlers. So there was a movie that came out called Antlers, I believe, and... That's, I think, did you guys ever hear of it? Not a clue. Okay, if yeah, you can look it up. It's definitely got, like, it's just, like, a form of antlers, but it's supposedly about the Wendigo. But it should be noted that the Wendigo has been very much Hollywoodized. So what we make pictures of Wendigo in Western culture isn't necessarily the same as indigenous culture in the culture that, it, it, where the stories originated. So that should be noted. Because in indigenous artwork, it does not appear that there were any horns or anything that existed and it's got brad pitt in it oh does it truly no no oh. it does have the uh i think it's the the cop from game night i don't believe you anymore anyway <laughs> in modern <laughs> interestingly in modern psychiatry there is even a term called wendigo psychosis and this is characterized by the intense craving for human flesh or an intense fear of becoming a cannibal so they have taken the idea of the Wendigo and applied it to a specific disease or psychosis. Interesting. Yes. Hmm. The Wendigo is most active during colder months and is easily felt and smelled, smelling of rot and decay due to its skin being ripped and unclean. Yeah, yeah it sounds like it would smell gross. <laughs> it does not chase or hunt its prey, but it does have the gift of mimicry. So this is very much what you picture when you picture the stories of like Hollywood and whatnot. But also I think that the Hollywood really gripped onto this bit of the Wendigo and ran with it. So the Wendigo is often known to mimic human voices and screams of loved ones and anything else that might entice the victim to continue on to it. 
So that is kind of that lore in the Appalachians. It's like, if you hear something in the woods, no, you didn't, you know, sort of thing. So that is probably one of the staples of a Wendigo, I would say, in the lore, that they can mimic your voice. terrifying, and it's a little bit impressive. Yes. Like, can you imagine if a Wendigo, like, did, like, a Christopher Walken impression? I'd be like, you're so cool. Very impressed. <laughs> would you run into the woods if you heard Christopher Walken calling out to you? Would you not? Yes. <laughs> I, I don't know Christopher Walken personally. Therefore, I would be disturbed if he was calling out to me. You wouldn't want to go and say, what Christopher be- Walken, what are you doing in the woods? Yes. <laughs> what may be spookier is like if you heard like a child calling out to you. See, because that's that weird. inclines you to want to go and help them. Right. But you know, that's also a thing that you're supposed to do if you hear like if a child comes up to you or like is calling out or something, it's like you should call 911 and get the police to help. Because you know, it might be. Is that not common knowledge? Well, some people might want to help the child first, like run out and help the kid versus calling the police where it's like, well, people, criminals will use kids as ploys. Oh. You know, get like single women to come out of their apartments or something. Hmm. The Wendigo is also the embodiment of gluttony, greed, and excess. So again, these are like the moral behind the story about Wendigos. And they are never satisfied after killing one person. I don't blame them. How can you stop after one? Num num. (laughs) And it seems like they get bigger and bigger. I've also heard stories, and this isn't in my research, I'm I'm just recounting, but I've also heard stories where people like attribute Wendigos are actually people who became Wendigos after they started becoming cannibals and displaying these. But I don't know. That wasn't all. Kind of like a werewolf. Or you become a Wendigo by eating By humans. eating people and becoming worse and worse. And then, yeah, you can't Well, stop. if I want to be a Wendigo. You could be because you love cannibalism. Uh, yeah. Sounds like a pretty good gig. The CEO of the Lay's company, Wendigo. Can't eat just one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's very true. Um. Yeah. So I have a Wendigo story here, and it's from a Reddit post from r slash paranormal. The user is xhow underscore did or i underscore get underscore here. So. Reddit.com, usually. (laughs) So I'm going to read this story, um, and it is about a Wendigo. And there are, by the way, a fuck ton of stories on Reddit, on the internet, of people encountering Wendigos. I think I actually have two stories here. We're going to talk, we're going to do both. The first one. My parents got divorced when I was 12, and my mom moved us to a small town in the Pennsylvania mountains. After a few months of living there, I went back to live with my dad in Texas. Ever since then, though, I have heard voices of people I know calling me into the woods. It's been almost eight years. of Texas? Apparently. Okay. It's been almost eight years now. It's only when I'm alone, and not every time I'm alone, and it seems to only happen in Texas. It's weird, but I never even considered that this was maybe something to be concerned about until recently. It was just something that happened. I even followed the voice once and only thought it was kind of weird that I had heard my dad screaming for me if he didn't actually call me because I got home later and asked him about it. I don't know if this is related or not, but remembering it is what sparked this post. A few years ago, I was about a mile out into the woods in Pennsylvania when I zoned out for a minute. When I zoned back in, I heard a stick snap and looked over to see a white-tailed doe staring at me from about 10-ish feet away. It looked almost as though it had been trying to sneak closer to me when I looked at it. I just sort of backed away from it and went back down the mountain. I'm not entirely sure what to make of this now that I'm looking back on all the times. I just sort of brushed it off as normal. But what are y'all thoughts on this? 
and a follow-up comment. Sorry, I just saw this. I was playing on the opposite edge of the woods from my house when I heard my dad frantically calling my name from the direction of the house. I called back several times asking what was wrong, but he wouldn't answer. He just kept calling my name. So I spin to where I was hearing him call me from. I knew that there was a pond and a stream in that way. I didn't run directly towards my house. Instead, I followed my normal path around the pond. When I got about halfway there, I stopped hearing him, and then I, when I got there, he wasn't there. I ran home after that and found him work in his room. I asked him why he had been calling me, and he said he hadn't. My brother also said that he, my dad hadn't gone outside. Ew. Yeah. That's so scary. Mm-hmm. So another encounter of a Wendigo, another Reddit post that I found from r slash paranormal, user b4con b34t down. I've been debating on sharing this story with anyone outside my small circle of people that were there, but I want to share my experience in hopes that it saves someone's life or gives understanding to what someone else has experienced. Late fall of 2010, in northern Canada, I went deep into the wilderness with my father and my eldest brother to hunt for moose. We left in the early morning just before sunrise, trying to cover as much distance as possible before nightfall. We traveled winding rivers and had to repeatedly portage over rapids all day. We decided to set up camp just over halfway to our destination. My father figured that we'd make the rest of the journey tomorrow. Well, when everyone bedded down for the night, I decided to go grab some firewood and relieve myself down by the bank of the river, just out of reach of the light from the campfire. Out of the tree line, about 15 yards away, I could hear rustling in the bushes. I watched the area where I heard the noise and focused on the spot. I felt kind of funny or dizzy and lightheaded, and I could smell this putrid stink like old milk or rotten food. Yum. Then I saw the trees start to morph and move ever so slightly and began to take the shape of a head and slight facial features. <gasps> Is this tree. the part where he mentions the shrooms he was on? <laughs> My eyes began to adjust to the darkness and along with the tree line. I could hear this voice coming from there. I recognized it. The voice sounded like one of my relatives who had recently passed. The face took shape of my relative. Hello, they said. I've missed you. Come see me. I smiled and stepped towards it a bit, but stopped to analyze my situation. My relative's face stopped smiling and became emotionless. The skin began to turn pale and peel away. Chunks of flesh from their cheeks began to fall away, and I felt shock and fear overwhelm my body. I couldn't make sense of it all, so I started to back away and make my way to camp. I didn't realize at the time that I had been walking towards the voice, and I was further away from the firelight. The voice became angry and began shouting at me to come here. So I turned and ran away. But as I looked back one more time, I saw the most disgusting thing I'd ever seen. It was rotting flesh on gnawed bone, paved in eyes and hollow chest cavity. This humanoid creature was tall and super thin. I ran as fast as I could, trying to yell for help, but the fear had made my voice quiet and raspy. I ran along the riverbank, and I could hear the heavy breaths and the stomping from the thing right behind me. I made it to the top of the riverbank, but it grabbed a hold of my leg as I jumped up. I gripped and tore the grass, trying to lift myself as I yelled as loud as I could. Then finally, my voice came back and I yelled that someone has my leg. My brother woke up and ran over to where I was. And then he pulled me up and took me over to the fire. 
I was terrified trying to explain what I saw and that it looked like my relative, but not. I was trying to convince them that I wasn't seeing things. But my brother nodded his head and said, I saw it too. I know. That solidified it. He acknowledged that it was real. We stayed up all night after that, rifles loaded and close by. We packed up when the sun was coming up and went back home. We haven't shared that story with anyone out of fear of being labeled as crazy or liars. I have nightmares and couldn't sleep for months afterwards. I could see things, dark figures, looking into my window and hearing whispers when I was walking home at night. Eventually, I was seeing this dark figure daily. I went to a medicine man slash shaman for help, but I've learned that the ceremony only relieves it temporarily. Friends have given me everything from protection pouches to certain crystals. I found out that there is a strong possibility I have encountered a Wendigo. I learned that if you encounter one and survive, it attaches itself to you like a parasite. I learned that it could only do this if it touches you, which it did. Ever since that night, I've been on edge when I enter a forest or wooded area, which sucks because I loved being outdoors, hunting, and in nature. Now, I always feel like I need to keep my back against something when I'm out in the wild. Anyway, make your own conclusions about this. I've paid the price for being an ignorant child to the stories of old. They are real. I can attest to that. Oh my gosh. So that reads like creative writing. <laughs> oh and even if it were true, do people not know what trauma and PTSD are? Hey, it's still very odd that that like he envisioned this, came to this conclusion. I don't know. Wendigos are a, probably one of the spookiest things that I have researched, not just in the Appalachians, but in general. I think there's something to be said about how creepy it is that there is a being, mind you, who is who calls out to you, who follows you, who hunts you in the form of someone that you love or trust. I had always heard that they could be, you know, they could like be an animal. Never heard of them being a tree. Yeah, I don't know if it just was disguised as like, it wasn't necessarily like a tree, but yeah, it was okay. part of the foliage was kind okay. of my interpretation of it. But hmm. it does, it does read like creative writing in your defense, but it could just be someone who's recounts it in a particular way. You know, that could just be him. So that being said, I know that we mentioned it in the last episode, but Wendigos are also speculated to live in the tunnels and caverns of the Appalachian region. There are countless stories on Reddit and other internet sources of different encounters with these creatures. I highly recommend reading them and maybe we'll do an episode dedicated to Wendigos or in their encounters exclusively. So that being said, if you guys have any encounters with Wendigos. Any any scientists have any of these encounters? I don't know. <laughs> okay, any scientists, please send us your listener tales. But yeah, if you guys have ever heard this, I mean, there's a lot of lore, and I know that it gets fabricated and gets exaggerated as well. But I will say, I think that it's strange. Like, what caused, what started it, right? Like, there has to be some truth to it. Someone being attacked by a wolf. But what if it was calling out to them? Someone, in their person's someone voice. heard someone heard their wife, etc., loved one being attacked by a wolf, screamed out to them. And they go they home didn't. and their wife's fine. No, I'm sorry I'm starting with the original, like how it's how it started. Mm. They so didn't want to they didn't want to come to terms with the fact that they didn't help their loved one who was being attacked by a wolf. Instead they created a creature that could mimic sound. Okay, if you say and so. And then it gets I passed think... over Thousands of years of storytelling. Maybe. So if you went into the woods today, Ken, and you were attacked by a Wendigo, 
Would you just assume that like your senses were like what would you assume? How would I know it was the Wendigo? Okay, it's something. Let me rephrase. If you were attacked by something that had flesh falling off of it, skin hanging off the bone, it's calling out to you in my voice. Mm-hmm. What, what, what would you, would you assume? assume? I don't think that's something I ever have to worry about. Because you don't go in the woods, but if you did. Because it would never happen. But what if it did? What if it did? Would you be like, would you be like, oh, there must have been something in that White Castle or, you know, that Taco Bell? Like, yeah. Is that what you would assume? Like you had been impaired in some way? Okay. Interesting. I personally believe that there's a lot of, I always sit, I feel like I always sit in the middle between you two, but I like, I personally believe there's some truth to this. Like, I think maybe certain people's recounting of it isn't necessarily is a little fabricated but it's like there are shit there's shit we can't explain especially in the appalachian region and hear voices and it's like no you didn't dude like just move on mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it's kind of spooky what is the upper and maybe there's an animal that can also mimic. where, where mimic. is the largest opioid usage in the united states <laughs> i don't know are you being sarcastic i'm pretty sure it's west virginia oh really i'm pretty sure i guess it's west virginia or nebraska ohio Really? That's concerning. Ohio. Per capita, yeah. Huh. Would not have guessed that. Alabama consumes the most, though. The most deaths per capita is Ohio. So the answer is Alabama or Ohio. But the other questions that did pop up in my search said, why are there opioids in Appalachia? So there, I mean, that, that's probably the, what you're assuming, but it doesn't seem like that is the opioid. What is the uppermost state of the Appalachia in Maine, because it goes up and remember, there's an international trail. What is stopping these guys from taking over our capital? Well, Wendigos could rule the U.S. Appalachia is more west than Washington D.C. Yeah, but they go right by it. They go right by it. Do you they see do. it? Okay, so we have a map. <laughs> Fun fact: we have a map with our faces on it of all the states we've been to. Do you see the one there with Ken and I split? That's Maryland. Yeah. D.C. is down there. Appalachia's that way. Yeah, all they got to do is just hop over there. And the, all the Wendigos could just take over. But they live in Appalachia. Why would they want to go into a city? Neener, neener. I don't know. I'm okay. Spitballing. You're like, I'm just saying that people may actually. If I was a Wendigo, I'd up my game. Continue. Okay. <laughs> so those are the Wendigo sightings. And kind of on the same vibe, we are going to be discussing the feral people of the Appalachian region. So you guys Ew. may. Is that a politically correct term? I'm going to tell you kind of what's up. Okay. And I'm going to use the term feral people. It's people who live in the Appalachians by themselves in seclusion. Okay. I want to say, before I even get into all this, I love TikTok, but <laughs> they love to start shit. They love to be like, the tunnels. People are living in the tunnels. People are like, there's feral people in the Appalachian Mountains. There's, you know, that was kind of what you guys were picturing in the tunnel episode. There's like no evidence of all that. So. There's no evidence of there being tunnels? Of tunnel people, like of feral people living in the tunnels. So the idea of feral people began in the Appalachians back in 1969. And the legends kind of started with this six-year-old boy named Dennis Martin who went missing. It's a case I'd really like to cover eventually, so I'm not going to go super into it. But basically, we're focusing on the legends of the feral people, and it seemed to begin with them. He disappeared, and people decided that he was probably taken by some strange man in the woods who lived alone and was half animal, like animalistic and whatnot. So that's kind of where it originated, it seemed. But that sparked a bunch of legends and whatnot um, about them. So we're going to talk about those legends. So feral people are also called wild men. They lived throughout Appalachia without American society for hundreds of years. 
And again, TikTok really is like, oh my God, you have to look this up. So like I had seen a bunch of TikTok videos about this stuff. And so I was like, oh my God, perfect. I'll know what to Google. You get in there and there's like, it's all TikTok videos when you Google it. Like there's nothing actually academic, academic about them. So there's not really evidence of this. I just feel like we need to talk about it. Mm. But there are plenty of theories about where these people came from. Some believe that they are legends like Bigfoot or Sasquatch. Others believe that they were Cherokee people who hid during the Trail of Tears. And others still believe that they were descendants of those who fled into the mountains when the national parks were developed. So, Ken, I know for a fact that you and I have watched Criminal Minds, and I know that you've seen that episode. There was one where there was like there was a guy who was living in Appalachia snatching children and killing them. Mm-hmm. In, the, in the cave, right? Right. Yep. Yeah. That's kind of what the legend revolves around. And you guys know me. I'm not usually the skeptic. I'm usually like, yeah, I love this stuff. I was not buying it, but I felt the need to really discuss it because it's a very common belief. And we're going to go through a Reddit story, too, in a little bit. And I have another follow-up to the Reddit story as well. So I just, I want... And I'm pre- not presenting this in the most scary manner, I guess. I'm kind of anti-feral people, I guess. It's I just didn't believe it. the most realistic one we've talked about. I know, and there might be... Well, okay. Let's discuss. I feel like I need to finish, and then we can discuss it. I'm so sorry, because every time I'm like, oh, well, there's this. If you subscribe to the feral people theory, most also subscribe to the idea that they are... Cannibals! Ken, it's your all-time favorite thing in the seen world. That you should have. I kind of pointed I mean, it at makes you. Makes sense. Yes. They're not, they're not farming. They're getting their nutrients somehow. Right. And their motive for kidnapping hikers and campers would be to in- eventually consume them. There are also stories of livestock and potentially children at night that the feral people of Appalachia are known to take. A lot of these theories about the feral people are attributed to missing people. So people go missing in the Appalachians and they just assume that there was a feral person who ate them. However, there is zero evidence and zero reports of the feral people being cannibals, or that they even exist. It's because they eat all their evidence. But they, they are used as a common explanation for strange things that happen in the Appalachian. Not to mention the pop culture references, including American Horror Story, having created an obsession with the idea of these people. So I guess there's like a, I didn't watch all of American Horror Story. I think I saw the first season and maybe part of the second. But I guess there's an episode, potentially a season, about someone who lives in the forest. I don't know. Now, in reality, there are isolated Appalachian societies and those who choose to live in the isolated hermitage. That's a little different. So those people typically um, resent the association made between them as wild men or hillbillies. They're just smaller communities that date back to the breaking off of several political regimes, including Lyndon B. Johnson and his crusade to start the food stamps program. So they were kind of associated as like a very poor section of the United States. And they there's like one family I know that was like the first one to receive a food stamp. And they just resent the association with that. They are smaller communities that are isolated. But I wouldn't say that they're what the wild men or the beasts that people associate with the feral people. However, the stories of feral people and their excuses still exist. The following is a short account of one of those stories. This is very, very short, but here is a Reddit story that I found on r slash missing 411 by the user 007 stars. I'm on the North Carolina side of the Great Smoky Mountains, lived here my entire life. All of us know what's in these woods and mountains. Since the 30s or 40s, there have been feral wild men living in the mountains. They are fast. They will snatch livestock and snatch children. The FBI knows. It's why they do not get involved. I've heard the other stories that they're was some attempt to kill these feral wild men, but they still exist, even today. And I'm not... So, so snatching the livestock? Is there's like a 
Girly man running up. Yes, correct. That's exactly what Picks up a sheep and runs away. Yes. Yeah, I got your sheep. Yes, pretty much. <laughs> Don't sheep weigh a ton? Uh, yeah, I would assume they're, but they're, they're very strong and very fast. And like I said, there's a little association that they're almost like beastly. New development program for the NFL. Feral people. Human meat. And the guy Human from... Meat. And the Apparently guy gives you... And the girl from Barbarian. <laughs> right. Yeah. I've heard other stories that there was some attempt to kill these feral wild men but they still exist, even today. And I'm not talking about some end-of-days extremists who took to the woods. I mean feral, completely wild men, their own language, living underground. We do not go into the woods at night. During the day, we make sure to stay on the trails. Sometimes you will smell it, that putrid smell. At night, you'll hear them hollering, supposed inbreds. The locals around here know what happened to Dennis Martin. He was snatched by one of the feral wild men. It is not uncommon people to go missing here. They are normally found, but you'd also be surprised on the number of children that simply disappear. The FBI has covered it up for years. Where do you think the movie The Hills Have Eyes came from? It's true. I hear them from time to time. Disturbing sounds. They live all up and down the mountains here in national parks and forests. Interesting. I love the supposed inbred. I mean, are there women out there volunteering themselves to these alleged people <laughs> to uh, introduce new DNA into the... Uh... I don't know. And the thing is, too, it's like, okay, so you guys know I've obviously been pretty skeptical throughout this presentation. There is no, there's no evidence of these people. But it's also pretty fucking discriminatory, right? It's like a, it seems you guys questioned at the beginning me calling them feral people. The, the reason I did it is because that seems to be the terminology that people use for this lore, but I do not think that it is true. True, and even if there are people living, I think there might be people living in isolation. There are always going to be people who, there might be someone living in the woods and doing doing bad things, but I wouldn't describe them as people who are cannibals or you know. There's no evidence of these people or a community mm-hmm. of these people existing. So sure. it's kind of an odd little story. No, but kidding. yeah, I don't really believe it, and there's a lot of disagreement. And anger also on the internet towards these allegations. Mm-hmm. So a lot of the Reddit stories are like, this is bullshit, this is bullshit, this is bullshit. And now if you go like into like Wendigos or other stuff, people on Reddit love this stuff. They're like, yeah, for sure. And it seemed very interesting to me. There was so much denial around feral people. Like it mm-hmm. almost seemed like people were like defending the idea of it. And you're like you said, Ken, oh, this is the most realistic that it seems to be, but it seems that there's like a lot of anger. And I think it's because of who gets associated with the idea of feral people. And that's not really fair. Right. I think if you told me that there was an occurrence of one or two or a few people who had chosen that lifestyle. Over the span of years. Or who had fallen on difficult times and had to do very extreme things. Mm -hmm. I could believe that. But to say that there's this whole, like, group or clan of people. Living in the tunnels. Living Living in the tunnels. Yeah, living, you know. That's kind of crazy. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, so that's kind of my thoughts on the feral people um, in the Appalachian region. Um, Very interesting. I am shook if that Mothman <laughs> and Wendigo have stronger support and yeah. belief than... I think it's because there are secluded societies in Appalachia who get associated with this, and they're like, well, not us, though, you know? There's something true enough to it that they're like, hold the fucking phone. Do you know what I mean? Like, because it's Somewhere derogatory almost, you know? Somewhere out there, there's a poor Wendigo. He's like, man, I'm just trying to live my life. 
Why do I get blamed for all the cannibal feral people? <laughs> exactly, yes. He just, they don't have access to the internet yet, so. Yeah, no, he's reading the newspaper. He's like, get him blamed, damn. <laughs> yes. Um, also, I think at the beginning of this episode, I said that there are three topics. I actually have four. I'm very, very sorry. No, nope. no. Nope. You have so. three. That's it. And these next two are a little bit more fun. We got out of the Wendigo. Well, the Wendigo was fun, but, you know, the feral people, I felt like we needed to discuss. Because, again, that's another thing that's, like, all over TikTok. Like, oh, feral people, you know, and whatever. And it's like, that's not fucking true. So, just like the tunnel people or whatever. Like, there's... I volunteer to be a feral person? Yes, actually. Now that you mention it, that would be great. Yes. What's the application process look like? <laughs> oh. What, no PlayStation? No PlayStation. Oh, well, you lost me. Yeah. Runs an extension cord from this farmhouse <laughs> to a remote <laughs> cave. People are like, just follow the cord. He's half the end of it. <laughs> You're like, did you bring any? Hey, are you a feral person? Right. 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 <laughs> so these next two are kind of more cryptidy. We're going to be discussing two that are very, very similar. What's the official definition of a cryptid? So, like, is the Wendigo a cryptid? Cryptids are animals that have been claimed to exist, but have never been proven to exist. Oh, okay. So, we're going to talk about the snarly yow today. The yow? Yow. 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 Oh, he sounds cute. This is a black dog that is known to haunt Maryland and eastern West Virginia. It is jet black with a red mouth, large paws, and glowing eyes. No dog. I fucking knew it. I was like, <laughs> I, I'm just going to pause for half a second. I know he's going to be like, it's a dog. <laughs> the dog-like apparition was named after a legend that originated in Wales, and it seems oh. that the settlers brought the stories and lore of the snarly yow with them. Cute. The original legend of the snarly yow fits the myths of the British black dog, which I would love to cover one day. In those tales, it is said that the creature appeared before someone's imminent death. It even inspired stories such as... The Hounds of Baskerville by Arthur Conan Doyle. So good. I swear to God, you have talked, talked about, about this that multiple times. In like it's seven episodes. episodes. I've never seen it. The show, The Benedict Come. I feel like maybe I saw it like once. Have I don't recall it? The Hounds the of show? Baskerville. Yeah, we've definitely seen the show. I don't Benedict recall it, though. Yeah, it was. You? One of the better episodes. Yeah, I think it was a later season, like season three or something. Yeah. That's the one where he was like gassed up, right? Yes. Yes. Yep. Yeah, I don't remember it. Not that I didn't watch it, I just don't remember. Uh, but it also reminded me of like Harry Potter when they're like the Grim. <laughs> the Grim and Sirius Black and were Sirius my two Black. Harry Potter thoughts. Sure, sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So during the early 1900s, many people in the tri state area reported seeing a massive dog. The beast often confronted travelers but then disappeared. The beast never harmed anyone, but it didn't stop people from trying to kill it, and bullets passed right through it. <gasps> Ghost dog. However, the legend <laughs> eventually disappeared and moved to the obscurity as sightings became scarcer and scarcer, until it reappeared in the 1970s. Mm-hmm. During the new appearances, they reported seeing it jump in front of cars. In 1976, in Frederick County, a Maryland couple reported hitting a large, bluish-black dog glowing eyes, but when they stopped to investigate, there was nothing there and no trace of ever having been hit. Wow. Whoa. This seemed to be a reoccurring theme for the Snarly Owl. There's even a sign near a local battle site near Boonesboro, Maryland, that reads, Beware the Snarly Owl. 
Legend has it that the shadow of a black dog used to prowl the heights of the South Mountain. One night, a huntsman, famous as a sure shot, encountered the beast. He aimed and fired his rifle. The shot went right through the animal with no effect. Fired again and again, each shot passing through the shadowy beast. Finally, overcome with dread, the huntsman fled. So that is the snarly owl, which I'm going to immediately transition into our next topic, which is the black dog of Blue Ridge. Well, I still have snarky comments about that one. Go ahead. But I'm going to tell you that they're very (laughs) associated and similar. So that's why. Bro, you're a terrible shot, man. No, 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 no. The bullets are going right through it. The bullets are going (laughs) right through it. I swear. (laughs) Oh, my God. Right. 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 I love that you were telling this and I was like, whoa. Like, genuinely. And then Ken goes, whoa. It was not (laughs) genuine. (laughs) He does not believe. Oh, God. Yes. The association between the dogs and the underworld is widespread, similar to that of the Snarly Yowl. Are you saying there's more than one black dog out there? (laughs) That can't possibly be the case. (laughs) The black dog of Blue Ridge is like a similar legend, but a little different. Where's Blue Ridge? Virginia. So, the black dogs are also known to be benevolent, including stories of protecting graveyards, walking lost people through the dense forest, and... Cute! ...to guard people from thieves and threats. Oh, great. We love it. The following story is the story of the black dog of Blue Ridge. So, this is just the entire story of him. Can I ask a brief question? Is Marilyn the one above Virginia? Marilyn's the one where we're split. Got it. Looking at how to say more names of famous places in the state. What an accent. Okay, so I just looked up how to pronounce this, so hopefully I'm doing it right. The YouTube video may have failed me. The Bordetot? Bordetot? It looks like Bordetot. Bordetot? County, Virginia. There is a pass that was much traveled by people going from Bedford County and by visitors to Mineral Springs in the vicinity. In the year of 1683, the report was spread that at the wildest part of the trail in the pass, there appeared at sunset a great black dog who, with majestic tread, walked in a listening attitude about 200 feet and then turned and walked back. Thus, he passed back and forth like a sentinel on guard, always appearing at sunset to keep his nightly vigil and disappearing again at dawn. And so the whispering went with bated breath from one to another until it had traveled from one end of the state to the other. Parties of young cavaliers were made up to watch for the black dog. Many saw him. Some believed him to be a veritable dog sent by some master to watch. Others believed him to be a witch dog. A party decided to go through the pass at night, well-armed, to see if the dog would molest them. Not a good enough reason to use the word molest. (laughs) This is not my story. I'm just reading it. Choosing a night when the moon was full, they mounted good horses and sallied forth. Each saw the great dog larger than any dog they had ever seen, and clapping spurs beneath their horses, they rode forward but they had not calculated on the fear of their steeds. When they approached the dog, the horses snorted with fear, and in spite of whip, spur, and rein, gave him a wide berth, while he marched on as serenely as if no one were near. The party was unable to force their horses and to take 
the pass again until daylight. Then they were laughed at by their comrades, to whom they told their experiences. Thereupon, they decided to lie in ambush and kill the dog and bring back its hide. I'm going to interject in the story real quick. Aren't horses notoriously easily spooked? Uh, I think they are spookable, but I don't know that... I think they're pretty intelligent with their spooks. They're definitely scared of, of snakes. Like, I know that that's a very common spook. Uh, fair enough. I am too. <laughs> I don't know how easily spooked they are. I guess okay. I'm not really spending a lot of time on horses. We've got some horse listeners. We can uh, ask them. Some horse girls? Yeah, horse girls. <laughs> That being said, too, I wanted to interject real quick. I was thinking, I don't know if you guys ever watched this. Did you guys ever watch that, like, Yellowstone documentary about wildlife and it was about the wolves and how the wolves changed the entire Mm -hmm. landscape? Okay, I'm so glad. Ken's like, no. There was a black wolf. Yeah, I remember. In that documentary. And he was, like, a lone wolf. It was, like, super rare. It was a whole thing. Mm -hmm. And that's, like, all I'm picturing. Yeah. Here. Because, like, it was 1600, so I feel like. So what you're saying is that there's black wolves. Like, yes. <laughs> Weird. <laughs> nice black wolf. Though. So maybe I was wrong. It's not a black dog. It's a black wolf. <laughs> the next night found the young men well hidden behind the rocks and bushes with guns in hand. As the last ray of sunlight kissed the highest peak of the Blue Ridge, Black Dog appeared at the lower end of his walk and came majestically towards them. When he came opposite, every gun cracked. When the smoke cleared away, the great dog was turning at the end of his walk, seemingly unconscious of the presence of the hunters. Again and again they fired, and still the dog walked to his beat, and fear caught the hearts of the hunters, and they fled wildly away to their companions, and the black dog held the pass at night and molested. Dumbasses were shooting at the shadow. (laughs) So this also, again, is very reminiscent of the snarly owl. Time passed, and year after year went by, until seven years had come and gone, when a beautiful woman came over from the old country, trying to find her husband, who eight years before had come to make her home in a new land. She traced him to Bedford County, and from there, all trace of him was lost. Many remembered a tall, handsome man and his dog. Then there came to her ear the tale of the vigil, of the great dog of the mountain pass, and she pleaded with the people to take her to see him, saying that if he was her husband's dog, he would know her. A party was made up, and before night, they arrived at the Gap. The lady dismounted. The Gap. And- <laughs> yes, the Gap. Uh, <laughs> gotta get some new outfits. <laughs> the Gap. Gotta get that drip ready. <laughs> the lady dismounted and walked to the place where the nightly watch was kept. As the shadows grew long, the party fell back on the trail leaving the lady alone. And as the sun sank into his purple bed of splendor, the great dog appeared. Walking to the lady, he laid his great head in her lap for a moment, and then turning, he walked a short way from the trail, looking back to see that she was following. He led her until he paused at a large rock where he gently scratched the ground, gave a long, low wail, and disappeared. The lady called for the party and asked for them to dig. As they had no implements... And she refused to leave. One of them rode back for help. When they dug below into the surface, they found the skeleton of a man and the hair and bones of the great dog. They found a seal ring on the hand of the man and a heraldic embroidery in silk that the wife recognized. She removed the bones for a proper burial and returned to her old home. It was never known who had killed the man, but 
from the first time to this, the great dog, having finished its faithful work, had never appeared again. What a good boy. Him more <laughs> best boy. So that's um, the black dog of Blue Ridge. And you can tell it's kind of similar to the Starly Owl, but those are kind of interesting and fun little tales from the Appalachian region. And I don't know how I came across them, but I did. So You did a great job. Thank you. Also, I love that they're like, something that we don't understand. Let's shoot at it. No, ab- <laughs> always. Stupid. Dude, that's why we're not prepared for aliens. Come on. Oh, so true. Yes. So. You did a very good job. And also, if I ever get another animal, I'm naming it the Snarly Yow because that's the cutest name. That I've would ever. be a great name for Snarly a black cat because they kind of yowl, you know? Yeah. And it's just yowl, but, you know. Yes. So that is the end of Appalachian Trail Part 5. Before we close out, I want to, and get you guys' opinions, I want to get you guys' opinions, but I want to remind listeners, as we get closer to the end of the Appalachian Trail series, if you guys have stories of your own experiences, we can include them in a listener tales. I might include them in one of the Appalachian Trail things. Or if you guys have ideas you'd like me to cover, feel free to send those in. You can email them to us. You can go on our Instagram. All of that information is at the end of this podcast so if you listen past the music you guys can hear the instructions there um i think our tiktok's there too you guys can um, send me a message on tiktok too that's fine and we can include them either in this or in the listener channel so if there's to- topics you want me to cover definitely do that so Woo-hoo, thank you spiel. so what do you guys think what are your opinions on any or all or one of these topics I'm going to double down on the feral people are definitely a thing. Oh! Like, maybe they're not carrying sheep around and whatnot, but there are people out there Do you that... think they're snatching children and snatching people? I wouldn't be surprised. Hmm. I mean, I've definitely heard stories of people, right, who are, like, being stalked, but I think that the association of feral people with certain communities and stuff is why it's enrages so many people. Yeah, I mean, that does seem very realistic. I agree. Yeah. Wendigos give me the willies. I fucking hate Wendigos, dude. They they spook me. So I don't like that one bit. Yeah, I agree. And so, the dogs were my. I love. I love fucking. I know you amazing. love fucking dogs. That's really disturbing. <laughs> I fucking love dogs. So listening to that, <laughs> pretty good joke. <laughs> Him were the goodest of boys. Where's the ghost of the owner? Maybe he couldn't because he wasn't properly buried. We don't know. But the dog wasn't properly buried either. What are these rules? What are these rules? I don't know. Maybe the dog had a stronger spirit than the man. (laughs) Him, Ken. Him, (laughs) we're the goodest. Dogs are amazing. That's what I meant. I said men are amazing. Men are amazing. Red flag. Um, (laughs) No. Him, we're the goodest of boys is my point, and I loved him deeply. Yeah. Good boy. That is Appalachian Trail Part 5. We have two more episodes left, unless you guys suddenly submit crazy amount of ideas. I'm going to try and keep it to two more. That is that is the end of part five. Crashing it. So that being said, we hope you keep listening. We hope you have a great week. And remember to be a little spooky, a little scary, and a little skeptical. Bye. See ya. Peace. everyone. Thanks for tuning in. Our sources are linked in this episode's description. You can find us on Instagram at Spooky Scary Skeptical Podcast. Email us at Spooky Scary Skeptical Podcast at gmail.com. TikTok at Spooky Scary Skeptical Pod. And you can follow us on Patreon at Spooky Scary Skeptical Podcast. 
If you enjoyed today's episode, please leave us a five-star review. It means so much to us. Love a spooky girl, a scary girl, and a skeptical guy.